For those who are not familiar with the first Wings of Light adventure, Winglings Under the Willow Tree, I strongly suggest you go back and listen to it before proceeding. If not, this recap will contain spoilers. That means it's going to ruin some of the surprises of that season. You've been warned. Previously on Winglings, I, Willem Wingling, a fairy of the Daffodil Clan, told you about how fairies are the caretakers of the world. We are each born from a flower that determines which clan we belong to. The orchids, daffodils, dandelions, and so on. Each has its own kingdom and royalty. Pixie magic exists almost invisibly all around us and allows us fairies to do our work. It is a gift and a responsibility. Some of us have learned to harness its power to its full potential. We're known throughout the magical world as pixie wielders. Before I became a pixie wielder, I was just a pixie sprout. My life changed when I discovered that my baby sister Emerald was to be the new Daffodil Queen. The dark and evil pixie power determined to shadow our world sent its minions to capture her. So I fled with my baby sister and set out for the Temples of Light, where I believed she would be protected by a powerful pixie magic. During our journey, I met a strange pixie wielder by the name of Magborn, who taught me how to use pixie magic and even introduced me to my Zaxlin sword, Gabriel. Magborn joined me and Emerald on our quest. We discovered that my best friend Timothy Toad was actually working for the Dark. He was not happy with how the other fairies back in Emerald Creek had treated him, so he joined the Dark's cause to gain power and show the fairies he was not just a frumpy toad. While seeking sanctuary in the Temples of Light, we found that its light and protection had gone out long ago. Tim and his dark minions captured us there and took us back to the Daffodil Kingdom to witness its destruction. When we got there, a great battle ensued. I led my people to victory and even defeated Tim's master, the Dark One, who had been posing as the kind, wise Mother Moon. Whatever minions were left fled along with my friend Timothy Toad. I discovered that the true Temple of Light was beneath our family's willow tree. A radiant pocket of pixie was thriving in its roots. I found out that I was actually the true heir of the Daffodil Kingdom, a pixie king. It turns out I had been channeling pixie through my baby sister, and my friend Magborn turned out to be the fairy king of the Rose Clan. And now for Season 2, Winglings and the Fairy Kings. Episode 1, A Shadow Spreads. The trees were greener than I'd ever seen them in the enchanted forest. Moss and leafy vines wound up bulging roots and towering trunks to the canopies above. Mushrooms grew out of the trees like rubbery platforms, dull and dark, long dead since the mushroom fairies had abandoned their homes. Now it served as a jump-off point for leaflies, a group of tiny leaf imps that were taking turns jumping off mushrooms and slowly floating to the ground. Just above the mushrooms were little doors and windows cut into the trees. There were no lights, just overgrown moss now covering most of the openings that had once been lit with pixie fires and filled with happy fairy families. Or so I had been told. I hadn't come for them. I'd come for the fish, the glittering gillies. 
I cast my fishing line into the Peppergold River and watched the water splash over smooth stones, speckled with spots of black and gold. Occasionally, I'd catch a glimpse of something, a glittering outline of a fish, but as soon as I saw it, it was gone. I glanced around from under my cloak, making sure I was alone, and then I closed my eyes and felt for the pixie around me. There it was, warm flakes of light, too tiny to see, but powerful enough to feel. I breathed them in through my skin and then whispered under my breath, Revoshna. A shimmering gold stream of pixie magic traced up my fishing pole, down the line to the hook, and spread through the water. The flecks of magic lured a glittering gilly fish towards my hook. It was no longer invisible, but rather revealing itself in all its purple-pink glory. Its horned nose reached for the hook, entranced by the pixie that called to it. That's it, I said, just a little closer. Just when it was about to bite onto the hook, a noise broke my concentration and the magic vanished along with the fish. I turned towards the sound. A short distance away, a badger was pulling a strange cart behind him. It was stacked impossibly high with boxes of all colors and sizes. The badger's black and white striped furry face was half hidden by a floppy hat and a pair of cracked spectacles. I could see that the cart he was pulling was strapped around his waist and chest, which were also covered by strange floppy clothes. Too preoccupied with his whistling, the badger hadn't yet noticed me in the shadows by the river. But something had made him stop. He looked up into the trees fearfully. As soon as he did, I felt a dark presence that shadowed the pixie around me. Something moved in the trees until... Boom! Out from the leaves appeared a dozen bat-winged lunas and a handful of dark fairies. I cringed at the sight of them. Lunas are among the foulest creatures of the dark. Their frog-like skin and the bat wings behind their heads make them one of the most unpleasant minions to look upon. It was clear, however, they weren't the ones in charge. The dark fairies, with their pale grey skin and black wings, fluttered down and landed in front of the badger while the lunas surrounded the area, preventing an escape. From the shadows I glared at the traitors. While most fairies spawned from their clan's flower and swore allegiance to that kingdom, dark fairies had abandoned all links to the flowers and had pledged their allegiance to the dark. These days, dark fairylings were even being born in the deep, dank shadows of abominable power. Where is it, badger? One of the dark fairies growled. The badger glanced around at the hissing lunas, petrified. I don't know what you speak of. You know what we seek, the dark fairy sneered. Its jet black hair, dark eyes, and hooked nose were especially pronounced. He must have been a dark fairy from birth. I really don't. P -p Please, I'm just a lowly badger, Potter, making my rounds to the tulip and dandelion clans. I'm late for a delivery. Enough, the dark fairy spat. The stone, you have it. I have many stones, carved quartz, copper amulets, silver. Do we look like a bunch of drooling nifflickets to you? We know you are in possession of a shadow stone. He nodded to the cart. Open it. The badger looked back at his teetering stack of boxes and swallowed. 
I'd rather not. It's packed in tight, you see. And if I open it, everything could come spilling out. The dark fairy drew a thin black sword from his belt. Time's up, Badger. We'll just help ourselves. He brought the sword up to strike, but when he went to deal the blow, his hand stopped. He tried again and again, but still his hand remained stuck in the air. Frustrated and bewildered, he looked at his sleeve and found a hook caught on his shirt. My fishing hook. I yanked hard on the line, sending the dark fairy spinning into a tree. With a great lunge, I flew off the ground and circled the tree, tying the fairy against it. Then I flew for the nearest Luna, who was too stunned to react. In a blur, I wrapped a few strands of fishing line around his legs, and then I flew up over a branch and pulled hard, lifting the Luna off the ground by his feet. Whack, whack! I quickly blocked a few dark fairy sword strikes with my pole's metal reel and lifted off again. Zipping from one spot to another, I tied up a few more Lunas, dodging their poisonous smoke breaths, tying their hands, feet, and waist in my fishing line and yanking them hard against the trees. By the time my line had run out, there were seven of them tangled up in it. I landed and held up my fishing pole. As I turned my reel, the trapped fairies and Lunas bonked into the trunks repeatedly. There were still a few more Lunas and dark fairies who stood to stunt attack. Who are you? One of the Lunas hissed. I pulled back my cloak to reveal my beautiful shoulder-length brown hair and strikingly handsome face, or so they tell me, and smiled at them. Call me Will. The Zaxlin sword at my side came alive. Its wing-shaped crossguard became real fluttering fairy wings that lifted the blade out of its sheath and landed in my hand. The badger was delighted. It's Willem Wingling, King Willem! Saxlin Gabriel spoke to my mind. Throw me! Don't mind if I do, I whispered. I threw my sword. Then, pulling out my Lika Dart blowpipe, I flew for the remaining minions. Gabriel spun through the air, arcing around trees, cutting down three of the Lunas who were charging me. I reached back over my shoulder with the blowpipe and slid Lika Darts from their quill into it. Slide, click, two! Slide, click, two! I blew the dots and dropped two of the dark fairies, just in time for Gabriel to fly back into my hand. Cling! I clashed blades with one of the last dark fairies. This one was abnormally big and strong compared to the other minions. I spun and flicked Gabriel, barely exerting myself, the living sword doing most of the work, guiding my blocks and strikes. I spun, jabbed, and twirled. Are you going to have me block all day, or shall we finish it? Gabriel said in my thoughts. Not yet, I said, fighting as we flew around trunks and branches. Finally, I took a few running steps off a trunk and yelled, Gephora! A gust of wind threw the dark fairy into the trunk. Trapna! I shouted, and a thin branch bent at my command, holding the dark fairy against the tree. Wings tucking behind me, I landed on a branch and walked towards him. Writhing desperately, the dark fairy wouldn't look at me. Who sent you? I asked. The dark fairy wouldn't answer. He just muttered curses under his breath, making the thin branch holding him gradually turn black and die. I quickly touched it. Libra! Life oozed back into the branch, strengthening its hold. 
Who's giving you orders? Is it the Luna Queen? The Dark Fairy coughed. <coughs> the Luna Queen takes orders from another. <coughs> Someone far more powerful. There is no other minion more powerful than the Luna Queen, I contested. The Dark Fairy chuckled and coughed some more. <coughs> the shadow spreads. The forest darkens. I got dangerously close to the Dark Fairy. Who sent you? And what is this shadow stone you... I stopped myself. Using the tip of Gabriel, I lifted the minion's long dark bangs out of his face. Bursley? I looked into the strong face of the dandelion captain. He was barely recognizable under all his darkened hair and complexion. I noticed how that dandelion chestplate which he wore bore the dandelion crest, but it had been scratched over many times and smudged with ash. Bursley was muttering more curses under his breath, more urgently now. As he did, the branch holding him turned black and withered away, leaves dying and falling all at once. Before he could react, he sprang off the trunk and flew off into the forest. I slowly fluttered back down to the ground. I couldn't believe it. Bursley had been shadowed by the dark? When did this happen? How could this have happened? Bursley was well known for his strength and bravery. It didn't make sense. The dark pixie he used was abnormally powerful, my sword said to my mind. I have not seen or heard such curses since the dawns of despair, many thousands of years ago. What's more concerning is your spins. Don't think I didn't see you get stuck in that trunk back there. Oh, please, that was but a few seconds. I pulled myself free before they knew what had hit them. You should be more concerned with your introductions. My introductions? Call me Will? You've used that one nearly a hundred times already. Its effect is starting to wear off. Taunt you, maybe? I tossed my hair triumphantly. King Willem? The badger built up the courage to interrupt what I'm sure to him must have looked like an argument with myself. I hadn't heard that you were returning home. Home? Who said anything about returning home? I sheathed Gabriel and let go of his handle, releasing our connection. The badger scratched his furry chin. You haven't seen it? Your sister's been sending the signal for you for some time now. My eyes grew wide. Signal? I quickly flew to the tops of the trees and looked north, towards Emerald Creek. And sure enough, there it was. A sparkling pillar of green light stretching into the sky. Light! I told her not to do that! I flew back down to the badger. Thank you for telling me. I'm not sure how I missed it. Thank you for saving me. Here, for your trouble. He gave his cart a few hard knocks, and the tower of colorful boxes opened like a disjointed wardrobe. Wondrous trinkets hung from its inner shelves. The badger reached inside and pulled out a dark black stone. Take it, he said, handing it to me. I came upon it during my stop at the mole tunnels. I turned it over in my hands. My reward for saving your life is a lump of coal? The badger shook his head. Not coal, no, 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 no. A stone, or a shadow stone as that dark fairy called it. There's a strange magic about this rock. 
and now seeing that the minions are after it, there must be something to it. Either way, I'd be glad to be rid of it. I shrugged and tucked it into my pack. All right, then. Next time you pass through, I suggest carrying a confusion keg with you. Throw it at the ground and run to High Pixie. The badger laughed. <laughs> I have several of those. Just couldn't get to them in time. Thanks again for your assistance, Your Majesty. Wish your sister well for me. I will. Light with you. With a bow, I fluttered up over the trees and flew for home. Back at Emerald Creek, the Daffodil Clan was preparing for the Festival of Light. Fairies of all ages were decorating the kingdom for the occasion. Pixie fire lanterns were hung from little trunk porches high up in the trees. Ma and Da strung berries from our willow tree. Festive boats were being tested in the meandering creek. And up in the giant olive tree palace, my sister Emerald sat listening to the Daff Council argue over what food was to be served. She slouched in the throne, surrounded by Daff Council members who were perched up in their seats around the room. My sister stood out like a yellow strawberry. Emerald didn't look like most daffodil fairies. She had the long, turned-up eyebrows like the rest of us, and the wings that mimicked the shape of a daffodil flower. But her hair was bright orange, the color of pixie fire, and her eyes were an emerald green. She was beautiful, but did nothing to emphasize it. She wore one of her usual flower dresses, red with white daisies. It was dirty like the rest of her outfits, from hours of working and playing outside. My sis is just a young girl, barely growing into her grown-up wings. But she's done a remarkable job running the kingdom in my absence, or so I've heard. She sat, bored out of her mind, tracing her face with her thick orange braid. Who cares? she finally said. Daff Marlowe, a council member who looked like a wad of lint with wings, stopped speaking and looked at her surprised. <clears throat> I beg your pardon, ma'am? Em sat up. Who cares if we serve roasted piggly swallow or smoked sap howlers? People just want to see the light, to feel the light. Have we not wasted enough time debating which dish tastes best? The Festival of Light is a celebration of the pixie that unites us that provides for us, that protects us. It is not a food competition, even though I know you'll turn it into one, Daff Hoppy. She eyed the plump councilwoman who ruffled at the insult. Oh, but your highness, Daff Marlow interjected. There will be three dishes served at the celebration, M carried on. A simple autumn leaf salad, a snork squalor roast, and for dessert, boozleberry pie. But we always have... Boozle berry pie. The council stared at her, most certainly irritated with the decision. This council is dismissed. Emerald rose from the throne, rubbing her temples. Grumbling, the council members filed out of the room. Emerald walked over to my crown, which rested upon a bed of daffodil flower petals. The jewels twinkled in the crown of clans, Pixie still swirling through it. You can try it on if you like, I said from the doorway. Just make sure you don't leave any of your hairs in it when you're done. Em whirled around and gasped. Then, with her signature glare, she marched over and poked my chest. Where have you been? No one's seen you in months. I've been busy. 
busy sailing the seas of tranquility, or, or perhaps you were picking fights with bandits in the forest, or, or fishing the pepper gold, hmm? I raised my eyebrows. Some of all of that, actually. <laughs> See, look how wise you are. You're way better at this kind of stuff anyway. Don't pretend you don't like it. Will, you are the Pixie King. Our clan looks to you as their leader, not me. I'm just like a nagging mother to them, only half their size. I grabbed an appleberry left by one of the council members and took a bite. Don't undersell yourself. I've heard what a magnificent job you're doing. We do need to talk about the signal, though. It's still out there blazing from the top of the palace. What about it? I motioned to my peaceful surroundings. I don't see an emergency. We agreed you'd only send the signal if you were in urgent need of my assistance. Emerald clenched her fists. I am in urgent need of your assistance, Will. This is your job, and if I have to keep doing it alone, I'm going to explode in a fiery burst of pixie. I took another bite. Ooh, I'd really like to see that. But save it for the festival so everyone can enjoy it, will ya? I'm serious, Will. I'm done covering for you. That's it? That's really why you called me back? That's not the only reason. She calmed herself and glanced over my shoulder. There's something we need to discuss, but I'd rather do it somewhere else. I gestured for the door. Lead the way, your highness. Em scowled and stomped on my leaf-toed shoe as she marched past me. Whoops, she said sarcastically. Em led the way out of the ornate, twisting branches of the olive tree palace, down across the meadows to the willow tree. I have to admit, as much as I loved going on my little side adventures, the willow was always a welcome sight after a long journey. Its dangling branches swayed in the breeze of the little gable porch in its trunk. Warm light shone from the windows, and I could hear dishes clattering inside. Has Emerald Creek always been this green? I asked as we fluttered up to the door. Em scoffed. <laughs> I'm surprised you even remember the name of the place. When we stepped inside, there was a pixie fire crackling in the stone pit in the middle of the gathering room. Family photos and bookcases jam-packed with tiny fairy books spanned the wood walls. A delicious hearty smell filled the hollow willow. Willem! Ma shrieked. She stomped over from the kitchen and whacked my backside with a wooden spoon. King or not, you should have sent a message long before now. Not even a butterflygram. Her bright red curls bobbed as she spoke. You had your mother worried sick, Will, Daz said calmly from his feather chair in the gathering room. He fluttered over and tried to give me a stern look through his oversized glasses, his long nose pointing at me accusingly. He had grown even more thin and feeble since I'd last seen him. Don't pretend like you weren't worried too, Da, I laughed. Oh, I was, boy. Thank the light you're okay. I see your hair is getting longer. Yes, hair has a tendency to do that. I checked my reflection in the little twig-framed mirror and ran my hand through it. Emerald gagged. <sighs> Looks like a burnt crow's nest. Does not! Ma giggled. Oh, goodness, it does! <laughs> Full of hot pixie, the lot of ya. I waved them away. I turned to him. So, you gonna tell me what all the fuss is about or not? This better not be about the festival. 
a silly tradition you all spend way too much pixie on. Ma whacked my bottom again with a spoon. Is not! The Festival of Light has been a fairy tradition for thousands of years. Nearly every clan still celebrates it, and you will show some respect. Light knows we need something to celebrate these days. Sorry, Ma. Emerald walked over to the table. Let's have supper and then talk about it. Listening to the council talk endlessly about food has left me starving. Is that pumpernoodle pudding? Ma beamed. It is? And if I had known you were coming, she gave me the stink eye, I might have fixed up a bowl of your favorite hog-nosed stew. I'm here, aren't I? And we're grateful for it, Das said, patting me on the back. We sat down at the long bark table and ate supper, laughing and reliving some of my recent adventures and hearing of all the lunacy Em and my parents had to deal with while I was away. Before we could get to dessert, there was a knock at the door. Em answered it, then turned and waved for me. Will, can you step out for a moment? I followed her out onto the porch and found Herbie, one of our clan soldiers waiting outside. He was a small, mousy-looking lad that barely fit into his brass armor. Because of this, he usually rode atop the largest lizard in the kingdom, which now lay in the meadow, swatting away fireflies with its tail. Beyond it, the sun sank behind the giant olive tree palace, and dots of light glowed along the tree trunks from the fairy homes. Your Majesty, Herbie said with a deep bow. What's the news, Herb? My sister seems to think it important enough to call me back. Wise decision, I must say. Herbie kept his head in a bow. It's the dark, sire. I shot him a serious look and turned back to the soldier. Go on. A strong dark pixie is spreading through the forest. Our scouts tell us it is polluting all light in its path. I stepped closer. Soldier, if it's minions moving in packs, causing the usual ruckus, I already know of it. There will always be remnants of the Dark wherever we go. Not remnants, Your Majesty. The Dark has returned in full force. Its shadow spreads wide and far. An army grows. A Dark One returns. I defeated the Dark One, remember? He is no more. Herbie finally looked up at me. A new leader has emerged from the shadows, Master Willem. Well, who is it? Herbie hesitated, glancing nervously at M before slowly looking back at the swamp across the meadow. An abandoned mushroom house sat darkened among the cattails. My heart sank. Tim, I whispered. Herbie nodded solemnly. Timothy Toad. Timothy the Terrible, they're calling him. He's discovered how to harness dark pixie magic and is growing more powerful by the day. They say he and his shadows, Axlin... Shadow Saxlin? I stared at him, horrified. When all of fairydom did he come across that? I do not know, sire, but it is said to be a most dreadful weapon. With it, the toad has done unspeakable things. Our spies say he and his growing army travel along the river. I nearly fell over at the news. As shocking as it was, somehow I knew it to be true. The presence of dark pixie magic in the air had become more obvious as of late. It hung over the enchanted forest like an invisible storm cloud, growing bigger and darker, filling the air with wet, cold gloom. Thank you, I said finally. Speak of it to no one. Double the guards around the perimeter of the kingdom, 
set watchers day and night in the canopies, looking for black bees, and make sure preparations for the festival continue unabated. Are we clear? Of course, Your Majesty. Herbie bowed again, and then headed back to his lizard, climbed atop it, and rode off into the night. I immediately turned and flew back into the willow and headed for the basement. Will! Am called after me. I reached the deepest roots, little tunnel hallways that narrowed to a point at their ends, their fuzzy brown walls glowing with pixie at my sudden appearance. Will, what are you doing? Em came flying down the stairs behind me. I ignored her and touched the root walls. Closing my eyes, I took deep breaths and imagined the tiny particles of pixie magic. They flowed like dust in a breeze, out of the root walls and into my hands. Warmth flooded my hands, arms, and chest. It poured into my whole being and filled me with light. Pixie swirled within, growing stronger, sharpening my senses, bringing clarity and depth to my thoughts. I could barely hear my sister calling my name in the background. More time passed, and still more Pixie poured into me. I called as much of it to me as I could handle. The tips of my fingers were starting to prickle with energy. My long hair floated up off my shoulders. When I finally finished, I opened my eyes. My skin glowed as if a fire had been lit within me. At the opposite end of the room, I saw my sister, eyes closed, touching the walls and absorbing pixie magic herself. She opened her brilliant green eyes. What do you think you're doing? I said. I'm doing whatever you're doing. Oh, no, you're not. You're staying here. I flew up the stairs and into the living room. Is everything all right? Moss said, trembling with worry. Dad took off his glasses. What was all that about? It'll be all right, I told them. I grabbed my pack, my blowpipe, darts, and Zaxlin. I have to go away and see a friend. See a friend? Ma's hair was bouncing around again. Don't worry, Ma. I'll be back soon. Light be with you. Ma pulled me in before I could leave and gave me a big hug, nearly crumpling my wings. Dad joined in. Light with you, boy. I flew out of the house and M followed. Will, where are you going? Where do you think I'm going, wee brain? I'm going after Tim. I'm the only one who can stop him. What makes you think that? Because he's my best friend. I know him better than anyone. Emerald flew in front of me and landed with a splash in Emerald Creek, blocking my way to the forest. Water gushed by her legs, soaking her dress. I'm coming with you. Don't be daft, Em. You're not coming. I can't have anyone holding me back. It'll be dangerous. You can't leave me again. I'm sick and tired of being trapped here. I'm sick and tired of not doing more. I'm sick and tired of you running away. I can help. I've been practicing. I might not wield a saxon, but I'll be no burden on your back. Em, I said no. I went to move past her, but Emerald stepped in front of me, held out her hands and shouted, Restore a furrow! The water in the creek around her swirled off the rocks and exploded in a gush of sparkling liquid. The wave of magical water sent me flying back, rolling across the grass, soaking wet. I stood up, coughing and shook the water off my wings. <coughs> Where did you learn to wield Pixie like that? Em folded her arms and raised her eyebrow. I said I've been practicing. 
I looked at her for a long moment. That was some powerful magic she conjured. I'd been away longer than I realized. I thought back on all the times I'd seen her glow as a little fairyling. Even though it had technically been me manifesting pixie power through her, Em's exposure to so much pixie at such a young age must have enhanced her ability to wield it. I saw the water around her wet dress pulsing with warm pixie light as if it had turned to lava. Fine, I said. You can come. Go grab your pack. Em's face quickly brightened. Oh, really? I, I mean, I'll go get it. You won't be sorry. I'm already sorry, and I'm not carrying you in a backpack this time. I'm not carrying you in a backpack. Em flew into the house, grabbed her pack, and returned holding a couple of boozleberry turnovers. Ma knew we were going together, she said, flying over and handing me one. She was already packing snacks for the two of us. She said they'll look after things while we're gone. I took a bite out of the turnover and tried not to show how much I loved it. Oh, I'd miss Ma's cooking. Come on, then, I said with a mouthful. I turned and started flying down Emerald Creek into the Enchanted Forest. Best to get as far as we can through the night. Don't want to alarm the other fairies. Em flew after me and started humming a happy tune. Garbers, Em! If you start singing, I'm eating your berry turnover. No, you will not! And I'll sing as much as I like, thank you very much. Under the light of Mother Moon, the two of us disappeared into the forest, leaving a glowing circle of pixie on the water behind us. Okay, Rocketeers, I hope you liked that season premiere of Winglings and the Fairy Kings. I gotta make sure I thank my mom, Roxanne Webb, and Jeremy from HarmoniousIdeas.com for helping edit the audio. I'm pumped. I'm pumped about this season. I've been excited about coming back to this series. It's been a long time since we've been with Will and M. You know, M was just a little fairyling on his back, and this is going to be really fun to see them together on this adventure uh, with M being a little older. So this will be really cool. I'm excited, and I hope you are too. You know, it's funny. I'm drawn to the brother and sister story because it's just it's just a fun dynamic. We have sons and daughters, and it's kind of fun to see their dynamic. Sometimes it's not so fun when they're not getting along, and I can relate to that when I was younger. I have three sisters and a brother, and one of my sisters, Carly, we did not get along, my younger sister. 
And it's funny, I remember hearing stories from one of my neighbors growing up. She said she used to see us walking to school together when we were in elementary school. And I was just this giant kid. I'm 6'1", almost 6'2", and Carly's really short. And so it was just funny. I guess like I just looked like a giant, like walking this little tiny girl, you know, hand in hand to elementary school. I don't I don't personally remember it, uh, walking down Leah Lane, doing that. But one of our neighbors, uh, I remember, told me about that. And we had good moments, but then I remember as we got older, we butted heads, we we argued a lot, and, uh, you know, I was... I wasn't the brother I should have been for a number of those years. And I remember Carly, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but Carly was the one that started showing more affection to me, like giving me hugs, telling me that she loved me or leaving a nice note. Sometimes she like made my bed. Rocketeers, isn't that a, this is amazing. And I was not being a nice brother. didn't deserve this. And yet she did all these nice things and I softened and we got really close and I love her. I love all my sisters, my brother. I have amazing siblings. But anyway, so I just, the brother and sister story, it's just, uh, I, I have a special connection to it and I love it. It's just, uh, it's going to be really fun. So Rocketeers, I hope you enjoy it and stay tuned because we'll have an all new episode coming your way. Till next time, Rocketeers, this is your host, Greg Webb.